Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Let's get into this week's movie news. There is so much to break down. This is going to be an incredible episode. You're not going to miss a second of it. It's a goaded episode. You're already calling it. So much movie news. We have origin (laughs) stories. We have reboots. We have I Am Legend sequel news. The Joker, (laughs) Folia Do first image. It's going to be a packed movie news, guys. I'm just glad we have an origin story. We have multiple. It doesn't feel the same without it. We have multiple reboots and multiple origin stories but let's get into the box office disney is on top again with ant-man in the wasp quantum mania making 100 million dollars in its three-day weekend and 225 million globally very strong start for the ant-man led film that first 100 mil is domestic yeah domestic for the 100 mil and it looks like this film is off to the races to probably hit about 7 750 that's on my guess but we'll see what the legs of the film look like we have our review of this movie coming out on Tuesday, so stay tuned for that. And we also have in second place another Disney movie, Avatar 2 is still raking in the dough, an extra $6 million to add to its stats for box office. Then Puss in Boots, The Last Wish pulled another $5.5 million. Magic Mike 3 pulled in $5 million again. 80 for Brady, still making money, $3.7 million. Those retirement homes, buses are... <laughs> Heading there in flocks, shuttles, shuttles of them. Knock at the cabin, another three point five million. And Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, the first of this like horror studios, public domain <laughs> horror films. This is gonna be. I, I'm hearing very funny and silly things about it. Seven hundred thousand dollars box office. So good for them for just like taking a shot and like making a crazy idea into it, a movie. It cost a hundred k to make, so they're already profiting. And if it started out with this on a limited release, it could make up to ten million dollars if possible. Because Terrifier two made ten million, so it could have the same kind of legs and be on track to hit those numbers, which would was, be huge. There was that like um, movie that came out a couple like a month ago. Yeah, that the haunted house. Talking. Yeah, one. Like, yeah, yeah, the found footage, super one. low budget one. Yeah, what was that? I can't remember. Skinnamarink. Yeah, Skinnamarink. Yeah. that made like a couple hundred thousand as well. So I mean, that's that's proof. Like, make a movie. Yeah, you never know what can happen. You never know. Just make a movie. Just get out there. If you want to be a filmmaker, get creative. Shoot some shots. It's the only way it's going to happen. And make it happen. Even though these aren't the best movies ever made, I still respect the hell out of these people shooting shots and and making films and and just seeing what happens when you release it to the public. And a success means you're going to keep doing it. So they have proven themselves to be capable of making a movie that will make some money. So they're going to keep making movies. Now let's get into the first bit of big news that we want to talk about. What is it? In terms of the the Disney trailers and and, uh, the Super Bowl trailers, we already did an episode reacting to those, so we're not really going to talk about them. But I think the most interesting and odd one is I Am Legend is getting a sequel. It's already in development. Will Smith will be coming back into the role of the Dr. Neville. And Michael B. Jordan's signed on to be the co-lead in this film as well. Now... This is kind of odd, because if you remember seeing I Am Legend, <laughs> spoilers, warning, if you haven't seen I Am Legend and you don't want to know the ending of it, just skip ahead because I'm going to explain the differences between the ending and what the new movie's going to be about, apparently. So if you, you're confused, because the ending of I Am Legend is Will Smith's character, Neville, dies. He sacrifices himself by exploding himself up with a grenade. Explode take, himself up. He explodes himself up. <laughs> he blows himself up with a grenade. So that the the woman and the child can get away with the vaccine, and he takes out the dark seekers in the basement. And then we got The Last of Us, which was a sequel to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, now if you, a lot of people didn't know, they shot an alternate ending to the movie that didn't make it into the cut. They tested it with audiences back in what this came out in two thousand seven. Yeah. And it got a lot of negative reactions. But the alternate ending is now going to be canon to the first film. 
I don't know how they're going to explain this in the sequel, but I'll run through the, the endings of both the book, the original theatrical ending, and the alternate ending of I Am Legend yeah. so we can kind of get a grasp of what they're talking about and what they're going to plan to do. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And again, this is a Warner Brothers property. So the book ending of I Am Legend, the book ends with Neville being captured by the living vampires and sentenced to death for his crimes against them. He realizes that from their perspective, he was the monster terrorizing them in the middle of the night. Because remember, he would steal people from the Dark Seekers yeah. community to try to test on and make a vaccine. And then in the theatrical version, the original ending, as Neville continues working to cure the female dark secret that he has taken away and put inside of his laboratory, Neville theorizes by lowering her body temperature with ice, he can increase the treatment's potency. The next night, a group of dark seekers who tracked Anna and Neville the night before invade the house. Neville, Anna, and Ethan retreat into the basement laboratory, sealing themselves in with the female test subject. This is the climax of the movie. Discovering the last treatment was successful, Neville assesses the situation as the dark seeker alpha male rams himself against that glass door. Remember, he makes that really beautiful butterfly pattern yeah. with the smashing into the glass by accident. It's lovely art. It's, it's, it's metaphorically phenomenal. You know, he's, he's just trying to be a butterfly and fly away, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah, Neville, you, you really nailed the head. You made it, man. You got it. <laughs> Neville draws a vial of blood from the woman he cured, who's the dark seeker, who was the dark seeker, and gives it to Anne before shutting Ethan and her inside a coal chute in the back of the lab. Neville uses a grenade to kill both himself and the attacking dark seekers, saving the cure, and then it it, it ends, ends with Anna and Ethan making it, I think it's to Vermont. To a QZ, yeah. Basically, yeah, like a QZ. <laughs> <laughs> the Last of Us QZ in Vermont. And then Pedro, the pa- Pedro Pascal waiting. <laughs> and uh, it's a survivor's camp in Bethel where they're greeted by military officers and other survivors before Anna hands them the cure. Anna then narrates the end of the movie how Neville's efforts and sacrifices to save humanity ultimately, ultimately became legend. Now, this is a very... Hollywood heroic ending where the hero, the lead character, sacrifices himself to save the world. However, the alternate ending alternate ending is very different as well as the book ending is very different because the alternate ending, which they also shot, shows I've seen it, yeah. Neville in a much more kind of villain light where he, like the book ending, he's kind of a monster and he's become what he's feared the most and what he was trying to prevent from happening and trying to save the world. So... The alternate ending, which you can watch on YouTube, and it's on the DVD as well. During the lab attack, the alpha male dark seeker creates a butterfly shape while attempting to break through the glass to the laboratory. Neville realizes it is referencing the butterfly-shaped tattoo on the female dark seeker's neck, and the alpha male is trying to recover his mate. Neville puts his gun down and returns the female to the dark seeker. They actually open up the doors, and he goes inside of there with the the girl. Yeah, he like slowly enters. Yeah, yeah. he brings the girl, the woman with, on the gurney, in there. Neville and the alpha male stare at each other, and Neville apologizes after seeing the latter emotionally break down upon his mate's return. Although the alpha male former, although the alpha male initially contemplates killing Neville, he forgives his former adversary and departs with the rest of his pack. Once they are gone, 
A shock Neville looks over at the many pictures of his test subjects and realizes he has become a monster in the eyes of the infected, showing remorse for the experiments that he has undertaken over the years. Because remember, for years he's been stealing people from their community. And now with this alternate ending, we've learned they're a lot more intelligent than they're originally showcased in the first film. They're communicating, they have their own society, and they have relationships as well. The next morning... Neville abandons his research and heads along with Anna and Ethan to Vermont as a changed man in the hope of finding the survivor's colony. They cross the George Washington Bridge while Anna delivers a hopeful monologue, ending with the statements, You are not alone. While still far from the book, it's much closer in spirit. Oh, I'm sorry. But with the with the ending statement that you are not alone. That's mm-hmm. it. So I think this ending's better, but obviously... It's they had to go with the heroic Hollywood ending because most audiences don't want to see their lead character turned into a villainous character by the end of the film. Not that he's a straight up evil guy. He was trying to do what he could to save the world. But it took him years in this situation to realize that he had become a monster to the Dark Seekers where he thought the Dark Seekers were the monster. Yeah, agreed. So it's interesting that they shot all this other footage with Will Smith like uh, walking to the new QZ and traveling with them. I, I, I want to watch it again now. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of movies shoot alternate endings, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially when they're adapting a book because yeah. they don't know what will work best. I suppose it is a better ending. I think it's more interesting. It's, Although I yeah. like the book ending best. Well, the, the book ending is a little more similar too, yeah. but it's, the book ending, they're a lot more intelligent, these vampire creatures. Like like yeah. I said, they put them on trial. It's like... um. Well, not like a, they don't have like a <laughs> gavel, but... <laughs> Sold to the man in a cold sweat. <laughs> It's like uh, Army of the Dead, how there was like they're like an intelligent community of zombies. Kind of, kind yeah. of similar to that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this. Is Francis Lord Lawrence coming back to direct? I I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Because it, in but I but I mean he made the first one. Yeah, he might be busy with Constantine I, too. I think so too. Yeah, because and they both are Warner Brothers Lionsgate Productions, I believe. So I doubt he might be doing both of them at the same time. Yeah, so this is probably be Warner Brothers a, Universal. Okay, so they they might get a new director. Oh yeah, the Lionsgate contract I think is over mm-hmm. with them. So they they joined up with Universal, which is like uh, Tenet in Dunkirk, where Universal Warner Brothers releases, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. I think there's a lot of potential for a really cool sequel, and I think the reason why this got greenlit was probably because of all the hype about Last of Us, and it looks like the dystopian genre is hot again, and so I think that, I think the studio is like, let's let's try and get on this hot, on this train. So, so hot right now. So dystopian that's my, futures are yeah. so hot. That's my guess. Is, <laughs> I think they're just trying to milk an IP, yeah. and they're going to change the ending of a movie they released in 2007. My question is, how do, how do audiences feel about Will Smith? That's I, my big question. Well, I mean, I think it'll be fine by then. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to, like Will Smith, the slap situation, it's yeah. already fading from people's memories. It's not that big of a deal anymore, I think. Uh-huh. And I think, especially after this Oscars, the people still talk about it, but it's one of those things where in a few years, eh, whatever. Yeah, and I think you're right. The original I Am Legend was really successful. It had a box office of $585 million on a budget of 150. IMDb, it's a 7.2. Rotten Tomatoes, critics and audience has an equal score of 68%. So it's a generally well-liked film. It's a really cool sci-fi film. It had one of those really early Batman versus Superman <laughs> like Easter little egg. Easter eggs yeah. and like the billboards. I remember so everyone fun. was freaking out about that. Um, but I think the biggest question is for me is how are they going to make audiences accept that the ending from the original theatrical release, which everyone saw, yeah. is not canon? And how are they going to make everyone realize? Are they going to do like an opening? They'll do an epilogue? opening flashback. Uh, I guarantee. Yeah. But still, it's going to confuse people. They're going to have to figure out how to do it really well. And I bet, I guarantee, if you're going to stream this movie anywhere, I sh- I'm sure they changed the ending already to the uh, deleted 
ending. So I think if you like want to rent it on Amazon or whatever app has it, I guarantee that's been retrofitted with the old end with someone, the new ending. Someone test that out. See if they've done yeah. that already. I I'm, I don't know. Maybe, but it's kind of odd. I'm like if they figure it out. Cool, but I'm on board. Probably, put the old ending back. Put the other ending in there. Get I it lo- in there. I love I Am Legend. It's I, think a cool it's, movie. I think it's a very cool movie. Yeah, it's I sick. enjoyed that film. James Newton Howard's score is mint. Dystopian future. Great. I mean, post-apocalyptic future. Sam. So hot. Sam the dog. So, oh my God. Tragic. But moving on to another Warner Brothers movie news. Joker Folly Adu has released its first image of Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Both Harley Quinn and Joker are embracing it looks like they're about to kiss and they both have blood on their faces and most notably joker has his joker makeup on which means is this in an asylum has he escaped the asylum is she one of the nurses as according to the canon of harley quinn and joker where she was a a doctor a therapist a nurse in different iterations of the character where he was a a patient at a facility are they gonna stay true to that i don't know but i bet they do i bet they do yeah it would be cool if the entire film took place in an asylum and they just kept it in that one space i think that'd be really interesting and not what people would expect yeah so i think it's a really interesting first teaser image lady gaga is super talented and i like the musical approach they're going with. I'm looking forward to seeing the first trailer for this film. Same. Now, we have some Oscars 2023 luncheon news, which turned into the Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise meet and greet. I saw photos of everyone, like, holding him and hugging this him and kissing him. This is what we him. try to say all the time. We try to tell people all the time that Tom Cruise is the biggest movie star ever in on the planet Earth right now. There's no one bigger than him. Because, sure, Brad Pitt's huge, Leo's huge, but when Tom Cruise walks into a room... A full of A-list stars, they all act like children around him <laughs> trying to take photos with yeah. him because he's Tom freaking Cruise. You got like Michelle Yeoh hugging him. Everyone, you got every director hugging him. It's crazy. It's, it's Jamie it's Lee Curtis was like gripping his face <laughs> like big, like uh, <laughs> Billy Madison. Stay in school. Stay in school. Stay as long as you can. She was like squeezing his yeah, face. Yeah. You could tell in his eyes, he's like, please let me go. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis has been uh, arrested for murder of Tom Cruise for suffocating him. <laughs> with love. Uh, but... Clearly, Hollywood is showing their appreciation for Tom because of what Top Gun did for the industry. Even Spielberg. Well, that's what's most notable is Spielberg. You could there was someone who's filming them, I think, with an iPhone, and Spielberg said to Tom Cruise, "Are you sure it wasn't an Android?" <laughs> Shut up. He said to Tom Cruise, "You might have saved theatrical releases, and you might have saved Hollywood with Top Gun Maverick." Now, if Spielberg says that, that's some serious stuff because he's Spielberg's top of the game, top of the food chain. He's probably always talking with the heads of studios and big-time producers. And theater heads. Yeah, and theater heads. So I'm sure that if anyone knows what's really going on, Spielberg's one of them. And for Spielberg to say that, to say that the, the film entertainment industry of theatrical releases was in jeopardy, that's crazy to hear him say that. So when he said that to Tom Cruise, I was like, holy fuck. That. Movie theaters are probably in more jeopardy than yeah. anyone thought. Yeah. Because obviously plenty went out of business. Like Arclight went out of business, one of our favorite chains. But obviously, streaming pa- platforms and these studios, they were going to just, whatever, we're going to go all streaming. Yeah. No theatrical releases. It is what it is. We're, we're going to prepare for that. It's unfortunate, but that's what we're going to have to do. But all these theaters, like I guarantee AMC was pretty damn close to going under. If it wasn't for the diamond-holding apes, Let's it would have went under. Going to the moon. It would have went under if it, it wasn't for it that. It would have, man. Yeah, that's just crazy. And if it would have went under if it wasn't for Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Because they probably made close to a billion dollars AMC. Or AMC definitely made hundreds of millions of dollars because yeah. of Top Gun Maverick. Absolutely. Probably half of what, maybe not half, but like 
maybe two three hundred million dollars because of Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, because it's the most popular chain, so it definitely gets the bulk of all theater theater tickets around the country. But it, it it's really crazy to hear that from Spielberg. So Tom, there's only one. He's Tom a freaking he's, unicorn. He's, he's a star. He walks into an Oscars <laughs> luncheon and they act like it's a meet and greet. I swear <laughs> to God, the photos are incredible. Yeah, it was great. He's like a glowing god in there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh my god, it's Tom Cruise, dude. Relax, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, there weren't that many trailers that were released this week, but uh interesting one was Tetris. Origins. Origins. <laughs> so we got basically an origin story for for Tetris, which actually looked like a pretty cool story. I had no idea about the background, but there's uh, one of the, the guy who spearheaded its uh, production and release. He didn't invent the game, but he discovered it when nobody knew what it was. But he also discovered that the rights to Tetris was owned by the Soviet Union. So he, he has to travel to the Soviet Union to try and get the rights to Tetris so that they can distribute the game around the world. And Taron Edgerton is leading this film. Uh, it looks really cool. I, I was actually surprised at the trailer, um, but it is nice to get another origin story origins, here. Origins, Tetris. If you wanted to know the origin story of Tetris, here, here you we go. go. It's actually stranger than fiction, yeah. a wild, untrue uh, story. I see about, why they're making about it About now. this Dutch, Dutch yeah. entrepreneur. It's, it's yeah. really interesting. And he's trying to get the rights from the Soviet Union to combine it with like the first video game console that's coming out. Yeah. And the Game Boy. Yeah, the Game Boy. So yeah. it's like a Game Boy Origins as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trailer looks awesome. Some unfortunate news, Bruce Willis has been diagnosed with dementia less than a year after retirement, says his family. He retired in 2022 after being diagnosed with aphasia. Unfortunately, now it's been bumped up to dementia, which is very unfortunate for such a legend and beloved actor and star. And to be so young. Yeah, it, it's because he's what, in his early 70s, I think? Late, yeah. late 60s? Yeah, he's not super He's got to be like yeah. 70, 72, something yeah. like that. So it's really unfortunate. Uh, dementia is a very difficult disease to deal with for a family, especially for the person suffering from it, but it, it takes a huge toll on the family, so wishing them the best. It's tough. Uh, I'm sure plenty of you, like us, have had family members that have had it, and it is a horrible affliction and disease. Yeah, it's so a legend. Sad. He's a legend, so but it's, it's it's just sad to hear. We actually did a great tribute episode to Bruce Willis last year. Check yeah. it out if you haven't oh, yeah. seen it. Now back to some unoriginal studio news because everyone's <laughs> out of ideas dreamworks is now adapting how to train your dragon into a live action because feature. you asked for it you wanted it everyone the you, you've been screaming where's the how to train your dragon live action i need a real dragon i need a person acting next to a cgi dragon with who's toothless come on where's the real toothless who's gonna play hiccup <laughs> I, well, I, i've been screaming at my lungs i doubt it's gonna, I doubt it's gonna be um <laughs> What's his name? Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. I thought it's gonna be him. <laughs> nah, it's he's too be, old now. It's gonna be some like teenager. Yes. Yeah, so I understand why they want to do it. I understand that the live action adaptations are really hot right now. God, so I just don't see it's the post apocalyptic live action. Does anyone want it though? Because the the movies are really good. Didn't you just hear me? Everyone's been screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> the like, trilogy needed to be adapted. Can live you action. improve it? It's a really great movie, especially it, the first what's one. What's funny is that they were just like released recently. Yeah, it's, it's not. not it's not like these are classics. <laughs> it's not like Little. Mermaid, which came out in the nineties. The third right? one came out what four years ago? Not Something even. Like <laughs> they couldn't even wait. They're like they needed. They're like they're like drug addicts. They need another fix. Let's go. We need another hit. They're, hit, need... they're doing the Disney copy paste repeat copy paste. But I will say the one thing that sets this apart is it's going to be the same director as the films. So they have that going for it at least. Yeah, Dubois. Dubois. Yeah. So he made the films. So 
At least they have the same person behind the reins. He wrote and directed them. Yeah, it's based yeah. off a book series mm-hmm. as well, but he wrote and directed the first three. Didn't know he could read. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Galifianakis, another live action. <laughs> another live action. Here we go. Out of ideas. A star in live action Lilo and Stitch. He's actually going to be painted blue and play Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked on my coffee. <laughs> that would be a way more entertaining movie. <laughs> just give him a tail if you can. Obviously, there'll be a CGI stitch, but they should just paint him blue and just do it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? He's, he could be just as yeah. crazy, I bet. There's no confirmation on who he's playing, but it does say that they're looking to cast uh, Lilo and Lilo's sibling. So I'm guessing he's playing Stitch. That's my guess. It's going to be directed by Dean Fleischer Camp. And who made Marcel Shell with shoes on. I still think that Stitch is going to be Zach Galifianakis <laughs> painted blue. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy how like all you have, if you have an indie hit, all these major studios will, will hit you up to make a $150 million movie. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's. I think it'll be um, a hit. People really like Lilo and Stitch. I liked that film as a kid. And we've been screaming for a live action reboot. <laughs> I've been adaptation. waiting. I've been waiting. I've been for the last five years. You all know. All we've been saying is, when are we gonna get a How to Train Your Dragon and Lilo and Stitch live action adaptation? Today's the day, man. Finally, what a glorious day. The, the best miracles day, do happen. Best day of my life. I'm so happy. <laughs> Dory, it's gonna get better with this episode. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even gone to the remakes. <laughs> Next up, Marvel has released its first poster for the Marvels. And now this film has also changed its release date. Disney was originally going to release this film on July 28th for a summer slot, but it has now moved to a November release. My guess for this date change is they might be doing some reshoots and changing some things around uh, if they don't feel confident with what what they have right now. Also... A week before that, both Barbie and Oppenheimer come out, so maybe they don't want to swing. That's true, yeah. With them in the, Definitely in the, the same ring. Those are going to take up all the money. I think it's a yeah. combination of both because they could just wait like two more weeks to put it out at yeah. the end of July. So I'm guessing they're going to do some reshoots, some rewrites. If they're going to push it that far in advance, maybe some re edits. You know, I think maybe they saw the reaction of Ant Man. Maybe they want to rework it or or, or redo what they're planning. But for the they're always the adding things. So yeah, they could so be that's what I mean. Maybe maybe because yeah. of the reaction to Ant Man, they're gonna change some things up for the timeline of the MCU with with characters going here and there. So maybe they'll they'll reshoot some stuff. Maybe probably I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's odd because this is like I think the second time it's been delayed. But they Multi- did release yeah. a poster. Yeah. And I would say, I will say that it's one of the more Better Marvel artistic Marvel posters yeah. over the last few years. I think they're getting uh, all the responses of people hating floating they're, heads. Yeah, yeah. They're taking, the- yeah. They're like, actually, do people not like these posters? <laughs> <laughs> but we've Derek about- keeps making them, but like, <laughs> Derek, you're fired. <laughs> I didn't realize nobody liked them. <laughs> Derek's literally just a floating head. <laughs> I get, floating head is necessary for marketing. You know, that's why they do it. I mean, doing as incredible as that film is has kind of a lame poster with the floating heads. It's yeah, marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's marketing 101. It is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, so pushing that movie. Back to yet another November. unoriginal reboot. There's a new live action Hellboy, Hellboy reboot in the works. Didn't at, they just do this they, three uh, years ago? At Millennium Media. So Millennium Media bought the rights to Hellboy and now they're making their own live action adaptation. Brian Taylor will be directing this reboot. Uh, currently, the working title is Hellboy the Crooked Man. Now, Brian Taylor previously wrote Jonah Hex and directed Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, so you know he's a solid guy. <laughs> <laughs> Boom roasted. Wow, savage, Anthony. <laughs> They're terrible. 
<laughs> Jonah Hex was a really disappointing movie. It was the worse trailer than was great, yeah. and I thought it was gonna be so cool. Yeah, it's it ghastly bad. Um, nobody was interested in the live action, the last Hellboy film, which With starred David, David Harbour. Harbour. That only made fifty five million dollars total gross. Like that's not just domestic, but total. And so I find it odd that another studio is trying to make a new live action adaptation of the character. Uh, even Guillermo del Toro's films, they didn't make that much money, but they are really good. But they were never massive, massive hits. So I just feel like it's it just seems like a weird thing to even try to do, especially only two years removed from the Harbor film. I think that these studios, they're still afraid to adapt something new. Even if they get the rights to an IP that hasn't been made into a movie, I think they're still reluctant to do that. They'd much rather... This is an established property. There's been content and movies made about it. Let's just throw money at it again, see what we can get. Maybe we can make a quick buck. Maybe 10, yeah, yeah, we can yeah. make $10, 20000000 million because that's still a $10 million profit. I think that's more of what it is versus trying yeah, you something might be, new. It's a safe bet. Yeah, it's, yeah it's exactly. It's like betting on a safe stock. Yeah. But also, like, creatively, what else can be done? Because you had Guillermo's version and then the the more, I guess, gritty version that came out a couple years ago. Well, clearly he's going to be crooked, yeah. so his body's yeah. probably going to be, like, sideways. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut the up. The Hellboy the Crooked Man. And, but I thought I, it was pretty obvious, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but also, Ron Perlman was perfect, so there's, I mean, who else he could even get the Because it didn't work with Harbor. But Ron Perlman was absolutely pitch perfect as Hellboy. Like, how can you even top that? I don't know, man. But <laughs> by making him crooked, <laughs> making him, he's going to be contorted the whole time. <laughs> Shut up. He's going to be walking sideways. <laughs> I'm not an ambi-turner. <laughs> Next up, there's a new movie announcement called Breakneck from the producers of Jumanji, which is going to be a female-focused race- racing action film in the vein of the Fast and Furious franchise. It's not a spin-off of the Fast franchise, but it's going to be in the same kind of genre and feel and vibe as that franchise. Breakneck. Breakneck. Origins. <laughs> probably, well, probably will be an origins <laughs> of some kind. All right. Rami Malek news. He has been cast in a CIA spy movie called The Amateur. It follows a CIA cryptographer who, after his wife is tragically killed in a London terrorist attack, demands his bosses go after them. When it becomes clear they won't act due to conflicting internal priorities, he blackmails the agency into training him and letting him go after them himself. So he's getting into the action zone. Every spy movie is like the something, the <laughs> recruit, the amateur, the, the board supremacy, the man. <laughs> it's just drop the the. It's cleaner. Amateur. <laughs> the Facebook. Sick reference, bro. References are out of control. Everybody knows it. <laughs> Next up, Barry Keoghan. A million dollars is cool. You know what's cooler? Two million dollars. <laughs> Next up, Barry Keoghan has been announced Keoghan. as... Keoghan. Sorry, Keoghan. Man. I'm never going to get it right, okay? Well, Just... now you, I'm going to slam it into your brain. Keoghan, get it right. Barry Keoghan. Kyogen, whatever Kyogen, has been cast as Billy the Kid in the upcoming adaptation. Born in New York as Henry McCarty, he was orphaned at the age of 15 when his mother died and his stepfather abandoned him. His first arrest for robbery came a year later. By the time he was 18, he was wanted for murder after an altercation in Arizona. His notoriety escaped from there, and he was 21 when Sheriff Pat Garrett shot him to death. Kyogen, who grew up within the foster system, sees a kindred spirit in Billy. So I can't wait to see him do this. I can't think of a lead role he's had yet. Has he had a lead yet? Um, I wonder. But I, the Billy the Kid is is such a great casting yeah. for him. Yeah, uh, he was born in 1859, famous outlaw. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great choice and something that 
I didn't even know that um, Barry Keoghan was an orf- was grew up in the foster program himself. Oh yeah, he had a really really difficult childhood mm-hmm. and rose up from nothing at all and grew up in a horrible area, uh, bouncing around foster home to foster home. So he's a really amazing success story. So I'm sure he sees a lot of himself in this character. It would be cool to see him in a lead role in a western. That sounds fantastic. And Billy the, Billy the Kid has been done a bunch of times, but it's always been like a cool gunslinger. I'm like yeah. a really confident guy, but yeah. Keoghan's definitely going to approach it more of bringing humanity to the character, making him more nuanced and interesting because he's such a great actor. And I- I'm so excited about that because we love Westerns and sign me up for Barry Keoghan leading a Billy the Kid movie. I believe he's in a, he's a lead of a movie coming up pretty soon uh-huh. this year that it might be like his first actual like major leading role. Good for him. He's great. He's Yeah, because obviously he's a great supporting actor and he's freaking He's working it, his way up. Killing yeah. it. Uh, working with such great A-listers, working with Colin Farrell, opposite Robert Pattinson, and and Rachel Weisz. So he's been he's been not Rachel Weisz. I'm sorry. Um, who's the the mother? In? Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Yes, yeah. Nicole Kidman in Killing of a Sacred Deer. So he's on the rise. And rise, <laughs> rise of Barry Keoghan. <laughs> Can't wait. His career is on fire. Moving on to some Tom Holland news. The much anticipated. Fred Astaire biopic is finally moving forward. This has been rumored for a couple of years now. It's finally moving forward to be directed by Paddington's Paul King. Now, Fred Astaire was a famous star and dancer, and we all know that Tom Holland was is a classically trained dancer. We've all seen his moves, so I think he's a terrific casting. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen his moves. Dude, the, the lip sync battle that he did with Zendaya is great. Oh yeah, as Rihanna. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it was yeah with the uh, um, umbrella. umbrella. Yeah, such a good dance number, man. And, and I love like Zendaya's uh, Bruno Mars is in the side of the, the stage, just like he's destroying me right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't wait to see it because I love I love like these old stars and I like how they're being made into biopics now. We have origins, <laughs> origins. We have Rami Malek as Buster Keaton. I would Buster Keaton origins. I could have seen Tom Holland doing a silent film star really easily. I think he would yeah. have been a great choice. I think that Scoop McNary would have been a good choice for Buster Keaton. He, Scoop, lo- he looks just like him. Yeah, but it's, he's not a big name. Yeah, it's it's crazy how it's uncanny how similar their faces are. Scoop Scoot actually, is but he is he is choice. older. Yeah, Rami Malek's actually pretty old. I think he's in his. I think he's like forty six. Probably. Yeah. Probably he just, he looks 40s. young. He looks much younger than he is. Scoot is a super underrated actor, though. Yeah. He's one of those guys who's just been in so many great supporting You've roles. You've seen him in stuff. You recognize people, yeah. him. Like, he's, he's like, maybe the best part of Killing Them Softly. And that movie was a pretty... It could have been a great, great classic. It's pretty good. He had a great accent in that. But uh, he's awesome yeah. in that movie, doing the uh, the Boston accent. But he's he's Monsters is a great movie that he that kind of, like, blew him up in the indie scene. Mm-hmm. So he's super underrated. But, yeah, he would have actually been a great choice for Buster Keaton. So speaking of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which was released this weekend, reactions are calling it stifled and so bad it's good. And many people are saying it's the worst movie ever made, but in a fun way. So if you like the cheesy bad movies, this is right up your alley. All right. What do we got here? An Odysseus movie? No way. Ray Fiennes to star as Odysseus in the Odyssey-inspired epic The Return. New take on the Homer tale to be directed by Academy Award nominee Uberto Pasolini. This sounds absolutely epic. Interesting choice for Odysseus because Rafe is probably what, like sixty-five, something like that. He's got to be in the sixties, or maybe he's, old, yeah, he's, he's not that he's old. Maybe Homer. How old is Rafe? Late fifties. He could be early sixties. Rafe finds is age, age, age sixty. Hey, sign me up. Hey, I'm. I love Rafe Fines, So the more roles he's in, the better. That's a really cool idea, though. But um, yes, I love 
the Odyssey. So that's awesome. That was always my like one of my favorite stories when I was yeah, a kid. It's great. Like when we did that in school, I was like, this is epic. <laughs> Next up, IMAX news with Christopher Nolan. Let's go. They're doing a countdown to Oppenheimer, and what they're doing is they're releasing all of Chris Nolan's IMAX movies at IMAX theaters, and they're doing it in reverse. Obviously. <laughs> so it's going to be... And the movies will be playing in reverse. <laughs> Just kidding. So they're going to release Tenet, then Dunkirk, then Interstep, in, Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises, Inception, Dark Knight, uh, and then Batman Begins. Not The Prestige and not Insomnia or Memento. Uh, so all of, the, all of his big, huge movies you'll be able to see in IMAX leading up to Oppenheimer's release. And they're also going to do an all-nighter with the Dark Knight trilogy if you want. So... Keep an eye out for the release dates. They don't have them yet, but I'm sure we'll hear about it very soon. And I'll be in the theater for every single one of these. Yeah, I want to see me? a lot of these Are in you IMAX. Kidding me? I wonder if they'll do any film presentations, too, of, of projection. I would love to see Inception in a huge screen again. Like, and I, Interstellar. I, yeah. I, would love, I want to see all of these. Yeah, I think we're going to be going quite a bit. It's going to be pretty fucking sick. <laughs> it's fucking lit, bro. Because we did the Dark Knight trilogy midnight screening when the Dark Knight Rises came out. Yeah. We did like the three movies back to back to back, and there was like a half hour intermission. Just a bunch of sweaty dudes in the theater. It stunk in there. <laughs> it, was, it was stanky. It was at an AMC at Burlington. But man, what a, what a night. It was great. The, the OG midnight releases where it actually came out at midnight. Not, <laughs> it didn't come out on Wednesday at 4 p.m. That was just Wednesday previews. Yeah. Next up, we have some Blade news. The MCU's Blade starts filming in Atlanta this summer. Now, remember, back in 2022, this film was about to start shooting in October. And then two weeks before production started, the director quit and the studio went back into completely reworking the script, rewriting the script. Mahershala Ali did not like the direction they were going in with the story, so they have to redo the entire thing, basically. It's been delayed for, it's going to be secretly delayed for a year for production almost, because now they're going to wait until this summer to start shooting it. Supposed to come out in 2024, we'll see, but, you know, we love Blade, he's one of the best comic book characters ever put on screen. We love the original Blade movies, Wesley Snipes is his iconic character, playing that actor, playing that character, and again, I'm, I'm curious my my excitement has diminished quite a bit for this project. It was my most anticipated movie. It was, in the yeah. MCU we used to, we were very excited before about the it. delays and everything. But yeah. I was so excited to see Mahershala as Blade when that was announced. I was like, "Let's go, MCU! This is going to be an incredible movie! Like, what a casting!" But it's just been plagued with delays and rewrites and issues. And I mean, obviously, if the director of a movie is going to drop out two weeks before production starts, it was going to be a mess. Mm. So hopefully, they figured it out. We'll see. Hopefully it's rated R. I am still very hesitant to see what they're going to pull off with it. I honestly forgot about it. And then... It's crazy how long it's been. Yeah, it's. I'm sure they've just spent the last several months just trying to figure out the story. And I'm guaranteed it was a, it was a full rewrite. I guarantee it. I, I, I would say that, if, like I said before, when we used to talk about it last year, Blade should be rated R. If it's not, I don't think it's going to be as strong as it could be. Yeah. No well, way. I mean, the rated R Marvel movies, like Deadpool 3, was recently confirmed... It's going to be Radar. It's going to be the Disney's first Rated R movie. Now, I'm still taking that with a grain as of salt. As a Disney movie. I'm still taking that as a grain of salt. Yeah. Just because it's going to be Radar, hey, it might be as dark, as graphic, as vulgar as the other Deadpool movies, but I'm not going to hold my breath because I wouldn't put it past Disney to just use that as a marketing pool, pool, tool to get you to still go see Deadpool. It, we'll have Radar R stuff like the swearing and the killing, but I still think it's going to be very toned down. He's going to say the F word 
twice. I still, get think, this. I still think it's going to be toned down. We'll see. I, I think you might have a point, honestly. I think it's going to be a very safe I R. It's, it's gonna, I think it's 100% a marketing tactic. It could be. That's actually a really interesting thing way to look at it. I, I think you, you know right. the script and everything's probably very vulgar, but you know when they're in the editing room, Disney and the execs and their overseers, they're going to be like, yeah, can we edit that out? Mm-hmm. I guarantee it's going to be and not I, as dark as people think. I'm curious about the gore level. Like, how gory is it going to be? So I'm Deadpool's, still very skeptical. The Deadpool I, I know everyone so just because they see the R, but just just realize just because it's an R doesn't mean it's going to be a full Deadpool R movie. It's not going to be an R. But back to Blade, I'm still, you know, after seeing Ant-Man... And now we have all these other delays from the MCU from their upcoming projects. I don't. I was very excited about Phase Five a year ago, but now I'm just like, what is going on with the MCU right now? We'll see. Blade, I think, is an important factor, but we'll. It I mean, ha- obviously, it's going to be one of the biggest. It has to be one of the most important movies. And then obviously, Fantastic Four when they when they release that, it's going to be very important for them. But we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. Moving on to more remakes. Remakes. Starsky and Hutch is getting a TV series remake on Fox. But get this, it's gonna be woman, female led, female. The third remake of this franchise in because they did Starsky and Hutch with Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller. Yeah. So now they're gonna do a female led Starsky and Hutch because they're out of ideas. Do they have cast? Did they cast it yet? Yes. So they. One second, I'm pulling it up. Excuse me. Sorry. Jeez. I had it. I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> Did you put a camera in the back? No, this isn't NASA. Oh, Todd Phillips made that Starsky and Hutch movie. Yeah, I forgot about that's that. That's why it's so good. Yeah. It's so funny. What I'm going to need from you is okay, two I got dragons. It. I got it. So this modern take on Starsky and Hutch will reportedly focus on a pair of female detectives, Sasha Starsky and Nicole Hutchinson. And the synopsis. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they don't even it's care actually. anymore. They don't even care. <laughs> Sasha Hutchinson, <laughs> Sasha Starsky, and Nicole Hutchinson, <laughs> and the two will solve crimes in the offbeat town of the desert city. <laughs> while <laughs> this is real, while staying true to their friendship and their awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Their awesomeness. That's what it says. That's a synopsis. <laughs> oh my! No one's been cast yet. That's the so. I love how they call it a modern take when they just made a modern remake of it ten years ago. That was a modern remake. Well, no, it was. Uh, it was still a period piece. I think they're gonna make it a contemporary. Oh, contemporary. Yeah. modern times. <laughs> Their awesomeness. <laughs> oh man, sorry, I couldn't keep a straight face. There's everything's <laughs> so getting silly. remade. It's so silly. Everything's getting remade. Next up, Squid Game. I, want, Star- I wonder oh. if Starsky's car will be in it. Oh, it will be. Because he drives. It has that, to be. He the drives, Challenger. Well, no, it's Gran Torino. Oh, it's Gran Torino. Pretty oh. sure it's Gran Torino. It's not a Challenger. Hold on, let me check. It's a car talk coming in out. Hey, don't want, don't want car talk coming after us. Get it right. Coming after you. <laughs> yeah, this is a muscle car. That must be a Challenger. <laughs> no, it's a Plymouth Anthony. Um, 1976 Ford Gran Torino. Yeah, yes. you probably Google it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's get one off one. my lawn! Get off my lawn! <laughs> <laughs> my Gran Torino. I'm pleased with. I'm gonna sing at the end of my songs. <laughs> All right, next up, Squid Game star Lee Jung Jae reveals season two will beginning begin filming this summer. There's no release date. 
for the second season on Netflix, but I'm sure if it starts filming, Netflix is going to try and get that edit done ASAP. So <laughs> I'm guessing it'll come out next year. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm so curious what season two is going to be like because of how they ended season one. I know not everyone loved the ending of that show. I didn't show. like it. Yeah. I know there's like I it ruined it. LeBron got a bunch of flack because he said he didn't like it and because he's one of the biggest people on the planet that obviously people are going to come after him for his opinions. The ending was bad. It was I didn't love it yeah. of him not going to see his daughter. I I didn't like that. I didn't like the old guy dying. I just I found the entire ending to be underwhelming for what they set up and it didn't match the the incredible middle arc of that story like the, episodes the mid, one two the and mid, three mid yeah. episodes of that show yeah. some of the best tv i've seen in years really terrific and i feel like the movie peaked real early and then just was like it was honestly downward slope whereas tv shows like great ones they just keep rising mm-hmm. and rise <laughs> it did dip a little bit yeah, in the last two episodes absolutely. it went down it was disappointing it was still a very very cool show but I, it was I, only disappointing how great it was yeah that's Mid-season, what i'm saying it, that's it, how it, it didn't sustain, a it, didn't great sustain show. It. It, it it did not keep it up but I'm still very curious. It's going to be a massive hit because it was the most streamed show Netflix yeah. ever had at the time. Yeah. Netflix is like, yo, you got the scripts ready? <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting. <laughs> all right, final bit of news. So we all know about... <laughs> I thought this is fake. <laughs> no, this is real. It, this is real. 100% real. So Gerard Butler's latest film, Plane, got you know a really great reception <laughs> from fans. And I, I still got to watch it. <laughs> He's still laughing. And, of course, it's going to get a sequel. Now, you would think that would be called <laughs> Plane 2, right? Because the, yeah. the first film takes place kind of on a plane, and the plane crashed and everything. I'm not spoiling anything. It's in the trailer. But the sequel to Plane is going to be called Ship. Because it's going to take place on a ship. What's the third one? Canoe? Motorcycle. <laughs> the whole movie takes place on a motorcycle. Bicycle. Gerard <laughs> Butler on a bicycle. <laughs> razor scooter. Gerard Butler on a razor scooter. <laughs> Blades. <laughs> so. What are these? Uh, the shoes with the wheels? Wheelies? <laughs> Wheelies. <laughs> Wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler firing a machine gun with wheelies. <laughs> Look how fast he could go. <laughs> so they're gonna, this is real. This is already confirmed by the director of the first film, who's going to be an executive producer, producer on the on the sequel. Oh man, but it's that's, called ship. It's funny. Hey man, more power. Fuck it. More, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Every studio in 2023. Fuck it. <laughs> what do you got? Well, we have these bunch. Of, we have a bunch of great original ideas, scripts from hot screenwriters who've been trying to sell their scripts. No, nah, no, nah, fuck that. Fuck that. What if we make a sequel to Plane? Call it Ship. <laughs> fuck it. Let's do it. What if we remake this movie for the seventh time? <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. What what an episode. <laughs> What an episode of movie news. We got origins, we got remakes, we got reboots, <laughs> we got everything. Dying. Live action remakes. I can't believe that's real. The live action remake is the new is the new joke. There was now. three this time. Everything's wow. a live action remake. Wow. Holy crap. Eh. I bet you soon they'll they'll start making live action films into CG adaptations. <laughs> the animated remake of the live action remake of the, the original film. The AI CG readaptation. <laughs> readaptation. That's probably gonna really happen. Of the 2007 Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, All right, man. what a what a crazy episode of movie news. I told you you wouldn't want to miss a second of that one. Now, for episodes this week, we have, obviously, tomorrow's going to be our episode six review of The Last of Us, which we'll be watching tonight, of course, so stay tuned for that. 
Tuesday, we're going to do our Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania review. Don't want to miss that either. We were not too f- fond, fond. About, that, about that film. Um, but if you liked it, you liked it. I'm really happy you enjoyed it. Wednesday, obviously, we could chat. Thursday, we're going to do Prisoners. Oh, yeah. We're going to hang out with Denis Villeneuve and talk about one of the better movies of the 21st century. Cannot wait. to. We've talked about before. We did a Prisoners vs. Gone Girl episode, I believe, right? <laughs> that was two years ago, though. Was a, that was yeah. 2020. Yeah, we weren't, our, we weren't up to our Anthony was now. really bad at it back then. <laughs> He he was pretty terrible. I was like, "Yeah, this movie's good. Yeah, I, I like, like I like movies. Yeah, yeah. I'm Anthony. Movies. <laughs> the cinematographer was trying to convey that everyone's in their own box. <laughs> <laughs> At least I had a table. I had a. Uh, you know what? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a table for a while. It was my table though. Although now, ironically, neither of us have a table. True, but it looks cool. Yeah, our set looks way better. Yeah. But we're going to do Prisoners. We're very excited about it. So stay, t- stay tuned for that. And I then- also did an Assassin's Creed Valhalla video game review yesterday, Ooh. if you want to check it out. Yeah, and I'm going to be doing a Last of Us Part 1 review very Woo! soon as well. Hopefully, I can get that up for the Saturday. There's and we got to do a, a Hogwarts one, too. Yeah, we'll do a Hogwarts review. So, because <laughs> I, I beat it. Coming. Anthony beat it already. I'm taking my time with it. You know, I'm doing some side quests. and I did side quests. Yeah. You did a couple. I did a lot of them. I did so many. You were like, whoa, where'd you do that? I was like, side quests, bro. That happened like one time. <laughs> I fought that giant spider. I fought giant spiders, too. Not the giant spider. What's the giant spider? Like, not the red ones? No, the giant, giant one. The one I told you that was as big as Aragog. That's what the red ones are like. No, this one's... Well, this one's twice as big. No, three times as big as those ones. Three times as big? It was honestly, big. like, the hardest fight of the game. Wow. I'm telling you, man. Whose side quest is that? It was some guy... Some guy. <laughs> hey, hey, kid, you want to go fight a giant spider for me? <laughs> no, so there's a shopkeeper near the train station I told you about. Uh-huh. You talk to him. He's like, hey, I got this issue. And then you go to the The caves. Hogsmeade train station? Yeah, it's near. Oh, the- I'm going to go do that next. Yeah, I told you about it, but you forgot. Um, you didn't tell me completely about it. But yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy quest. It was, it was probably because I was. you have to fight the giant spider along with like 20 of its little friends. Easy. It was tough, honestly. Easy, dude. It was tough. You just got to use that ancient magic in the cabbage. I know how to use the. I know how to play the game. In the venomous tentacular. I understand. I mean, it would take an endurance potion. Yeah, I did. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. We appreciate you all so much for supporting the show, listening wherever you are around the world. Take care, everybody. And also, Thursday's Prisoner episode, we'll have a movie poster giveaway contest. So make sure when we drop that episode, the rules will be the same as usual. Just be subscribed to the YouTube channel and comment on that Prisoner's episode, and you'll be entered to win a free movie poster of your choice for the film you want to hang up on your walls or on your ceiling. What he said. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> ceiling. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.